Thank you, team. And we can pull that video down. We've been watching that for the last hundred odd days. Thank you for your generosity to our house and to the kingdom of God. It's been absolutely amazing. First week back, you know, very interesting. Um, our service, we preach Plathuno uh, for the theme this year, meaning multiplication. Uh, we have a sold out service at 11.15. Uh, we have about 25 people watching online currently and we have our room. We're all still together. Amen. Um, people will emerge over this season. Uh, it, it's going to be very interesting. Who, who found that going into isolation was depressing and then coming out of isolation caused a little bit of anxiety? It's like, oh my gosh, life's getting back to normal. It's going to be busy. I don't have the capacity anymore. Did anybody else feel that or was it just me? You know, it feels like everyone's like, that wasn't me. I'm like, okay. So your pastor's having a breakdown is what I've figured out just now. And, um, but it'll be great. We are one church. I want to encourage us in this season that um, we have to do things safely, but we also have to honour the law. So this process that we're going through at the moment, I want to encourage you to buy in. Uh, We need everybody really that makes up this demographic of our church to serve everywhere because you have to be uh, doubly immunised to be able to serve currently in our church. Now we know that heaven is not going to be divided by vaxxed and unvaxxed. We know that we are one church, but we need to let our love lead through our actions in this season. So Christmas is about to be upon us. Um, I am excited about that. I'm ready for that. I feel that Christmas trees are getting earlier and earlier every year in the setup. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. However, it is still November and we've set up the tree. So I'm also a hypocrite and I'm human. But our household has not done it until December. But uh, has anybody been earlier in November? Uh, I'm talking early now. Has anybody been pre-November? Give me a wave. I'm kicking you out right now. Um, no. So we were a November church. Who likes, who believes it's waiting till December? Great, great wisdom, hallelujah. Who believes it's uh, taking it down in the new year? Yeah, okay, cool. Um, While April isn't in the room, she did it on the 22nd of December last year. Explain that, she didn't even make the event. Um, uh, It was awesome. Uh, But we start our Christmas series, Come, Let Us Adore Him. You know, uh, initially uh, the, the name of this series was going to be Gifts of Destiny, but I felt like that was a, a, a combat movie. So um, as we pondered upon it, I was talking to somebody in our community uh, when they were reflecting upon Matthew chapter 2. And, and she said, you know, these wise men, when they came to Jesus, what were they doing? They were coming to adore Him. They were coming to worship Him. Why, why don't we use the theme song, Come Let Us Adore Him, which was so beautiful to worship together this morning, wasn't it? And at home and wherever you are. And then we were going to focus on the gifts And we're going to do that uh, over this next four weeks. We're we're going to build through the gift of gold, the gift of frankincense, the gift of myrrh. Let me tell you a quick story. You'll see it at the Christmas service. We were interviewing my kids and all the kids that could be involved for the Christmas service. And according to Kiara, uh, Jesus got given T-shirts and she got given a hat and he got given a a hoodie because it was gold, frankincense and merchandise is what um, Kiara believes he got given. 
But these gifts, they, they I don't want to over-spiritualize uh, the gifts. The gifts were what they are. But we know that uh, in the Bible that often uh, a gift or an item can symbolize something spiritually or can symbolize something different. And what we want to do is we want to let these gifts set the tone for where we go. You've got the gift of gold, the gift of frankincense, the gift of myrrh, and then we're going to land with the gift from God that is Jesus. And uh, that's going to be the next four weeks. So I want to encourage you, there are going to be people that come back, you know, at the moment, what's happening through our community. And I really want to encourage those that are at home. There are people that are sick and been tested, but they still have colds, but they're staying home. And we want to encourage them. But we'll emerge. This room will fill again. And it'll fill with people who have their eyes steadfast on Jesus. In this season, we've been at home. There's been distractions. There's been inwardness. But we're going to break that off. We're going to get rolling again. And we're going to focus on how can Jesus use me? How can I love Him more? How can I grow closer to Him? So let's turn to Matthew chapter 2. I'm reading from the NLT version this morning. We're going to look at chapter uh, 2, verse 10. And um, for everybody that's at home, uh, we welcome you. I see a few more people jumping on as well. We love Robin Zocolo, Christine Finger. Uh, Thank you for being with us. Ollie, you're sitting right over there, but you're also online. So uh, well done to you. Um, uh, Good stuff. Um, I'm also in the room and welcome them too. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened up their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I'm going to start today by looking and focusing on the gift of gold. I actually pray that, that by the end of today, uh, uh, we have a moment where we encounter God, where we worship Him, where we are refreshed in our spirit. I believe that there are a lot of people that need a restorative, supernatural strengthening from God as we enter this next season, which is always a fun season, but it's always a busy season. Have you ever been given a gift that softened your heart? You're like, oh, thank you. Have you ever received that? Have you ever received a gift that just blew you away? It was incredible. Or even a gift that was more than a gift. I know that for me, I've received those. I remember pre-COVID, we got gifted a few tickets to a basketball game. Now, my son Jai uh, loves basketball. Um, He he just, it's it's forever all he talks about. He just absolutely loves watching it, reading the stats, looking at the shoes. Uh, He's downloaded an app where he gets to design and draw shoes. He just loves anything to do with basketball. And at the time, uh, a few years back, I was not aware of, of this in him. And uh, we went to a basketball game and we took the whole family and it was a risk. Because you know with children, when you're trying a new activity, they can either have the capacity to go the whole way through and it's incredible, or they give up halfway and it becomes survival. Has anybody ever experienced that with children? You're like, you set up the whole day to take them somewhere and then an hour in, it turns into this absolute slog. I was like, this could be that moment. But basketball, it's not as long as football. Uh, It was closer in proximity to our home. I knew that if worst case scenario, uh, you hit up McDonald's on the way home, which makes everything better for kids, and you go home. So we get to the game, and all of the kids just loved it. 
And I remember side-eyeing them and saying, you know, defense and they're cheering and they're focused the whole game and they're yelling and we're spending time together. And I realized halfway through, hey, this is a bit of a family moment. I think that there's either going to be memories for them or for me. But either way, what had happened is it was just a, a little, here's some free tickets. But what had happened is it had turned into something so much more significant for me because I had connected with my family. Gifts are so important. They actually soften the heart of the receiver towards the person that gives them the gift in in this moment. We see these three men. Well, it would have been more than that. Let's not get into the theology. There's these wise men, people that are wise. They've followed supernaturally a star. And they've finally found what they've been looking for. And they bow down. They begin to worship him as king. And they give him three wonderful gifts. But one of them being a gift of gold. Now the symbolism of that is really clear in scripture. The symbolism of it is that they were giving him gold because gold was a gift that was fit for a king. They didn't make a mistake in what they were giving him. They were giving him gold because they believed him to be king. We know earlier in Matthew chapter 2, they say to Herod, where is this newborn king? So when they had arrived, they had given him this gift of gold because Jesus is king. And they were recognizing that. You know, I think about it when you look through Scripture, you can see many illustrations where they are actually, they're messianic Scriptures about Jesus, where he is associated with gold. In Isaiah 60 verse 6, it says this, And all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. In Psalm 21 verse 3, it says, You come to greet him with rich blessings and place a crown of pure gold on his head. Revelations 14, 14, I looked and there before me was a white cloud and seated on the cloud was the one like the son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. The right gift has to suit the receiver. My nan uh, passed away this year, but she was an absolutely beautiful woman. She, she came from England. Uh, she loved to party, but she believed in quantity over quality. So every Christmas, you got a bag. None of it lasted beyond Christmas Day, but on that day, you got a bag. But the problem is with my nan is she would, she would grab these things. She would wrap them up. She'd put them in a pile. And it was really exciting uh, to see the Christmas uh, presents grow uh, in, in the, under the tree. As Christmas would approach, you'd see it all grow. And then on Christmas Day, you'd be unwrapping gifts. And I'd be a, a nine-year-old boy and I would unwrap a pink pony book. And in that moment, my nan would rise from her chair, would take the gift out of my hand and give it to my cousin Nat, also my age. She goes, that gift's not for you. She'd been confused. But what happened is my nan was trying to buy gifts that were suitable for the person who was receiving them. Gold is a gift for a king, a gift fit for a king. In 1 Kings 10, when Queen, uh, uh, the queen of um, Sheba came and um, she gives a gift 
I actually looked this up. Um, when she came to visit Solomon, she gave him an amount of gold worth 250 million US dollars because gold is a gift fit for a king. Who agrees the wise man didn't get it wrong with Jesus? Jesus is king. You know, when I ponder that thought, I often begin to think about the fact that if Jesus is king, what does that mean for our life? It should do something for your confidence, hey. You know, when you know that you are in relationship with the king, it would be something else, wouldn't it? You know, if I, if I had the ability to rock up to uh, the Queen's house in, in England, she's not well at the moment. You know, Father, we pray for her. She's been a wonderful person. But I can't just rock up to Buckingham Palace. I don't know her. But I mean, how cool would it be to see somebody who does? You know what I mean? We'll walk past the security, walk into the house, have a cup of tea. I don't know what the Queen does, but I'm sure she does stuff like that. And the authority that would come with association. Jesus is King. So this Christmas, what does that mean for your life? They gave him gold because he was a king. So what does that mean for your life? This season is a perfect storm for influence. It's going to be different this year because busyness gets going, but capacity to deal with it has gone down. So that, so that family member you've got grace for last year, you need to pray that God gives you grace this year. That family member that, you know, you see not that often, that is awkward and you feel a bit uncomfortable around them and God's actually saying to you, create time to be with them you're going to need God's strength in this season. So what does Jesus being king mean for your life? Well, as I prayed and I asked the Lord to direct me, the first thing he said this, you are ambassadors for the king. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says this, We are therefore ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. An ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a state to be a permanent representative for a foreign country. Now we can go into the understanding that we actually have our citizenships in heaven. And if God has called you to be an ambassador, that means that you represent the king to the world that God has placed you in. You're an ambassador. If you're in business, you're an ambassador. If you're an employee, you're an ambassador. If you're being a good friend, you're an ambassador. Jesus is king. We need to represent him for who he is. This Christmas, when we approach things, please carry in your heart the understanding you represent the king. And by representing the king, we need to remember this today. It's not something that you do in certain situations and let go for others. I remember growing up when we would leave school. I, I, my school, by the time I got to year 12, didn't have a uniform. But it had multiple different campuses. And there was one that I went to that had a uniform. 
And the school would educate the students that while you walk home, if you still have the uniform on, you're still representing the school. But once you got home, you got changed. You got to remove that responsibility and it was back on yourself. But being an ambassador for Christ is not a uniform you can take off. It's not something that you can take off in all circumstances, in all situations, in everywhere where God places you. Please remember that you represent the King. The Bible says that it's though He were making His appeal through us. He is requiring us as His followers and His believers to represent Him in all circumstance. We represent the King. You know, there was a, there's a man in our church, he, he um, is uh, in the political arena and I've been praying for him uh, quite a bit and I called him during the week uh, to talk to him, uh, just to encourage him and he was hosting an ambassador. And it was interesting because I thought, oh wow, I'm, I'm in that train of thought myself. And, you know, I found out a very interesting uh, concept about ambassadors. They have what's called plenipotentiary power which means they have full authority to represent their government. Full authority. So this season, when we understand that Jesus is king and you are his ambassador, that means you carry the full authority that he's delegated to you to represent his mission. You know, I feel that there are people uh, at the moment that uh, their confidence has taken a step backwards. Their connectedness to people has taken a step backward because of the season we've gone through. And therefore, insecurities have emerged and you're not walking in the confidence that God wants you to have to fulfill His mission. Jesus says this in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 12. It says, Jesus then came to them and said, All authority... All. I love the original word for all. It's P-A-S, pass. It means, you know, that everything, everything. There's none left over. If I eat the whole pie, there's none left for you. If I eat everything, you cannot have any portion of any of it. And what Jesus is saying is that all authority is given to me. I've left none for anybody else on heaven and on earth. And in the Great Commission, He then gives that authority to you to fulfill His mission. So Christ is King. We're called to represent Him, but therefore we have the authority through Christ to fulfill his mission. I feel that there are people here. You need to remember your authority. It has not been taken away. You need to recognize what God has for you, whether it's with your family, whether it's in your new workplace, whether it's the ability to rise up in authority to take control of your own diary in this season and your own priorities in this season. God's given you authority to function in his mission. But as I prayed, I said, Father, you're king. I know I represent you. I know that I have your authority, but it's hard right now. I'm sure we can all agree, give me a wave. At some point in the last 18 months, it's been very hard for you. Tegan, I might get you to join me. You know, as I prayed, because coming out of this, has been very difficult. For us to share vulnerably with our community. 
We know we need to honour the law, but I feel very uncomfortable about splitting services. But I know the Lord said to me, we need to get moving. But as I'm walking around our communities, there's never been such a divide. Not, not in, in general, in community. There's never been so many opinions. I was having a laugh with Paul Allen uh, midweek. You know how many people have come to me and said, gee, I'm glad I'm not you. I'm like, thanks, I'm glad I'm me. You know? Paul referred to my shoes, which was even more insulting. He said, I don't want to be in your shoes. I said, these are great shoes, you know? But it was hard. But I'm like, Father, how do we navigate through this? How do you navigate through this season? There are going to be dividing subjects. There are going to be moments where God places you to be an influence. You represent the King. You have His authority. But, but what happens is that there are people that have been separated for so long, have become so disillusioned. So many opinions are going to happen at the Christmas table. They're going to happen in the workplace. They're going to happen in your own home. They're definitely happening on social media. So within all of this division, what is it that brings us together? It's Jesus. And people are fighting for a future. Whatever side of whatever argument you look at, people are fighting for a future. And as I prayed, I I said, Father, I understand that, that You are the only way. I understand that my hope and my trust is in You. I get it, Father, but there are so many people that have lost hope. Have lost hope. As sad. Have given up, have become disgruntled. How, Lord, do I help them? How do I be used by You? And in reality, how do I help myself? In Colossians chapter 1, 27. It says, For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ is for you Gentiles. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing His glory. As I prayed, I'm like, Father, if I am your ambassador and I have your authority, how do I help them? when hope is lost. And I felt the Lord say to me, and I believe this is for many people, it says, hope cannot be lost if it lives in you. Jesus is the hope of the world. And in this scripture in First Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter 1, it says this, and here is the secret, Christ lives in you. So if Christ lives in you and He is the hope of the world, hope can never be lost if you're placed in a situation. Because hope lives in you. Hope lives in you. So I'm like, Lord, how do I give our people an application today over this series? Now, this series, we're focusing on gifts. I believe that gifts open the heart of the receiver towards the one that gave the gifts. I represent Jesus as His ambassador. I have His authority. And if the hope of the world, the hope of glory that Scripture talks about, I can have hope in all circumstance because I know where I'm going. That means that wherever I go, I carry the hope of the world. 
So I said, Lord, how do I apply this to our church? This is very simple. Next week, our church, our community, because of your generosity, we're able to give away 120 hampers. It's about $6,000 worth. Now, now we, we've had grants, we've had sponsorships, we've had partnerships, yes. But there have been people that have faithfully been given to the Hope Pantry for, for quite a period of time. But I felt unsettled because there is a difference between our church doing a great work and you've partnered with it financially, yes. But I want you to do something practically. And this is what I felt the Lord say the application is. I want you to think of somebody that you know that maybe has lost hope. Maybe they're going through a tough circumstance. And I want you to build them a hamper and I want you to write them a card and I want you to go and put yourself into the situation with them because you can never lose hope. Hope lives in you and Jesus is gonna put you into that situation and that gift is gonna create an opportunity for you to strengthen them, for you to love them and for you to shine the light of Jesus Christ. Who's willing to find somebody to do a hamper for in their world? Give me a wave. Give me a wave. You're the hope of the world because of Christ who lives in you. Jesus is the hope of the world. You are His ambassador. You have His authority. Hope can never be lost when it lives in you. But as we close this service for a moment and we're going to stand and we're going to worship but I want everyone to close their eyes for a moment I don't know whether you can bring the lights down a little bit more this is a serious question that I want to ask and we all are going to go through journeys up and down it happens but I believe that there are people here that fit a few demographics but the main one is this you've either lost hope or your hope for your future isn't where it once was and you need the Holy Spirit just to come and refresh you today in order then that you can be the light that represents Jesus so brightly but there are people over the last 18 months that little by little it's chipped away and and, and your hope and, and, and that, that positive outlook and that you know, that uh, resilience to overcome, that, that hope has been shaved away, but today God wants to restore that. I believe there are many people that can look in many different forms, but today in order to represent Christ fully, in order to take a hold of His authority, you, you really need a refreshing of hope, whether it be for your business, your career, your personal life, your friendships, your connectedness, whatever it is you need. A fresh feeling of faith. I'd love to pray for you. So if that's you today, why don't you raise your hand? Just quickly across this place. Yep. Yep. Hallelujah. Why don't we all stand?